This morning's reading is the traditional lectionary readings for the first Sunday of Lent. I think you've seen in the newsletter and you've heard the phrase, whether it was at Ash Wednesday service or this morning, but our theme this year is filled to the brim. Filled to the brim with God's love, spirit, hope, forgiveness, which of course brings us to an abundant life. These two passages um, I'm going to actually come back to in two weeks in a great deal more depth, because today I will offer a communion reflection. But this first reading for the first Sunday of Lent is about Jesus being led by the Spirit. Some translations say forced by the Spirit, others say guided into the wilderness. And when Jesus is in the wilderness, he can, is confronted by Satan, Satan, actually. We think of Satan as the devil. Red, perhaps, pointed ears, the horned tail, the pitchfork. That image comes 12 to 1300 years later. In the Hebrew language, Satan, Satan literally means your challenger or accuser or the one who tempts you. And then the second reading will from, come from the Psalm, which is for this first Sunday. A few verses of Psalm 91, which will speak to the third temptation, which is when Satan, Jesus' tempter, accuser, challenger, says, why don't you go up to the top of the temple, throw yourself down, and you will be, of course, saved by the angels, right? And Jesus says, do not tempt the Lord your God. First, this reading from the Gospel. At once, the Spirit led Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among the wild animals, and the angels took care of him. And the psalmist wrote, You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, the Most High your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, no scourge come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all ways. This ends our readings from the Hebrew Bible and the Gospel of Mark. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be offered humbly and faithfully. Amen. I want you to know that I am deeply indebted to a dear friend's writings for some of the shape of this morning's communion reflection. So my friend, her mother had on a shelf at home a collection of beautiful Asian pottery. But her mom's favorite vase in these shelves had once been a really valuable antique, but was now clearly visibly damaged. And yet there it was. It stood among these beautiful and lovely pieces, but it was a mass of cracks crudely glued together with what was obviously the wrong type of adhesive. Because, my friend said, everywhere the 20 or so pieces came together, the glue had bubbled out and yellowed. It looked terrible, my friend thought. She finally said to her mom, why don't you get rid of the broken vase? Never mother said, never. It's the most valuable one on the shelf. And then her mom told my friend 
the story of the cracked face. When my friend was a little girl, she lived in Hong Kong. Her journalist father covered the Vietnam War for UPI, and so he would move in and out of war zones for weeks, sometimes a couple of months at a time. Well, one time when he returned home, he brought a piece of Asian pottery, and it was the best one he had ever found. The vase was the finest he had ever brought. And he had wrapped it carefully with brown paper and tied it up with string. He had carried it on several military airplanes and buses. And then, arriving home, he was walking up the driveway of the apartment building with a special present in his hand. But that moment, my friend, who was but two years old, rushed forward and embraced him. He was surprised and elated, wrapped his arms around her, and yes, the face slipped out from his arm and broke. Well, that night, her mother said, she pulled out the glue, clumsily repaired it, put it back on the shelf, and declared that it was precious. Precious. In Henry James's novel, The Golden Bowl, the central metaphor that predicts the suffering of all the characters is this lovely golden bowl. There is, however, an invisible flaw in the bowl that no one recognizes. And that beautiful yet flawed bowl mirrors the false contentment of the characters in the novel as they move about in a society that has no room for mistakes. Too often, too often the church wants to mirror that golden bowl, pretend that it's flawless, without mistake. But I think it's true, friends, that when the church when the church truly understands what it means to be church, we also understand heartache and brokenness in the world, in our communities, and in our hearts. When the church is really God's church, we know that. We understand that. But it should be especially, especially in our hearts when we come to this table, when we gather here. Because here at this table, brimming with God's hope and love, what we find here is not, we do not find a beautiful olive-carved chalice and, and just a perfectly formed loaf of bread, a beautiful tablecloth. What we find at this table is so much more. What we find, of course, is Jesus' love and forgiveness, and it's found it's found in the breaking of the bread, in the tearing of it out of the perfection of the formed loaf. And it looks so beautiful, but then when it's broken, it leaves the jagged edges. And we remember that Jesus said, this is my body, broken for you. And with those words, with those words, friends, our culture's preoccupation with perfection flies out the window. We discover that true love, true beauty, is not found in flawless vases or flawless lives or perfectly formed loaves of bread. But it comes from being fully loved by God. Cracks 
and imperfections included. The church must resist the culture of the golden bowl. We must remember that the broken body of Christ was good enough to save us. And if we remember that, then each of us can place our own imperfect vase in the spotlight and never be embarrassed or ashamed one bit. Because golden bowls, perfect people, beautiful chalices, they are no match for the broken bread. Because its beauty lies in the scars that we bring to it. Heartaches or sadnesses, and each one of them, each one of them is a reminder that over the years, God has picked you up, put you back together, placed you on the best spot on the shelf, and called you precious. Let us come to the Lord's table. Amen. Perhaps it is with that reminder of our imperfection that we open these imperfect little <laughs> cups. Um, let us try and open them now. And remember that there are two tabs, one to open the bread. So let's do that now together. And then the second tab, the foil to open the juice. 